The first Sunday in Advent is like a green light for me when it comes to Christmas music. In order to listen to my entire collection of Christmas CDs, I start early. It's an eclectic collection, too. The music ranges from Kathleen Battle at Carnegie Hall to slack key guitar artists to Greg Miner, who makes all the instruments that he plays his Christmas music on. And every year, I find myself deciding that a certain rendition of a particular song is my favorite. This year, I have decided that Whitney Houston's Joy to the World is a remarkable work of art. I've listened to it numerous times the past several weeks, and the other day, after marveling at her voice and the Georgia Mass Choir that backs her, I realized that not only doesn't she sing the entire hymn, a couple lines from Hark the Herald Angels Sing have find their way into the song. Now I have become curious, not about Whitney, but about the hymn. The hymn was written by Isaac Watts, an English minister in 1719, and it is his reinterpretation of Psalm 98. It was not written to be a Christmas hymn. Indeed, although it is widely sung at Christmas time, it makes no mention of the birth of Christ or of Mary or Joseph, no wise men or angels or shepherds are mentioned. The manner in which joy is mentioned in both the psalm and the hymn connect it to the second coming of the Messiah. Theologically speaking, this hymn is more an Advent hymn than a Christmas hymn, which makes it a perfect hymn for us today because this year, both the fourth Sunday of Advent and Christmas Eve occur on the same day. It makes perfect sense that Whitney's rendition weaves into the song lyrics from another Christmas hymn to include angels' voices proclaiming the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. Whitney's joy to the world is a foot-stomping, hip-swaying Christmas hymn. Now, having established, with Whitney's help, that joy to the world is a good and worthy Christmas hymn, we are invited to wonder about the magnitude of joy we are proclaiming when we sing this hymn. In the hymn, we hear heaven and nature sing, and in Psalm 98, we hear shout with joy in the Lord, all you lands, let the sea make a noise and all that is in it, the lands and all that dwell in them. This is not the small voice of one person. It sounds like each and every bit of God's created world is making a joyful noise. And the joy is about Christ's coming, both as a newborn and the Savior who reigns. But what is this joy? What is it about? What does it mean for us? And just because we sing about joy, does it mean that each and every one of us will be feeling joyful today? I know I'm not alone in having received devastating news on a Christmas day. This was decades ago, but I can still remember wondering on that day if I would ever feel joy 
on Christmas again? Or would I forever associate the sad event with Christmas Day? It turns out the answer is layered and complex. And this complex layered meaning is exactly how we can understand joy, more specifically, Christmas joy. The inspiration for the hymn is a psalm that is a response to something great that has happened. Perhaps it was a victory over an enemy or relief from some sort of danger. Whatever the inspiration, the words ring with gladness and pure delight. God is praised above all because of the good thing that has happened. The sense of a new beginning or a new day is proclaimed in the first verse of Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. And in the hymn, we have a poetic rendering of the remaining verses in the song. Joy to the world! The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. The declaration and affirmation of joy continues as we sing of an entire world, rocks, hills, plains, fields, repeating the sounds of joy. This joy at God's coming amongst us is not the sole expression of humans. It is transcendent, such that the very earth itself is singing out. And there is yet even more as this hymn shifts. In verse 3, to affirm the ways in which God's presence is a blessing that refuses to allow sins and sorrows to grow, nor thorns infest the ground. In our hymnal, this verse has an asterisk next to it, indicating that it may be omitted, probably because it is a departure from Psalm 98 as it refers to Genesis and the story of human sin. But without this verse, we are missing out on the complexity of joy. Joy is a human response to God's activity in our world. At its core, our expressions of joy are mixtures, a mixture of hope, recovery, a hope for deliverance, for divine transcendence. The joy of the psalmist is not only about the power and providence of God. It is a song of defiance, of objection to the forces that drag us into hopelessness and despair. The joy in our hymn is not simply about being happy that something good has happened. It is joy that rises up from the depths of our own suffering, of our lived experiences of slings and arrows in this life. It is a joy that the whole earth echoes in jubilant defiance of the forces that would destroy. Because of the magnitude of this joy and because of its roots in suffering, singing it out allows us to express our joy in ways that supplant our worried thinking and weary souls. It invites our hearts to soften, to open. Singing out in joy elevates our souls in objection to fear and despair. 
I think this is why Whitney Houston's song, Joy to the World, speaks to me this year. It is uplifting, joyful, hopeful, and it is neck-bopping, hip-swaying experience. How can we not dance when we hear it? This Christmas, may the depth and richness of joy well up within us. May it embolden us to resist despair. And may we sing out through any sadness and with great gladness the wonderful news that we celebrate tonight. Emmanuel, God with us. May the birth of our Christ deliver us this joy, uns unsurpassed, unbending, repeating from every corner of the earth. Surely this is something to dance about. Merry Christmas.